Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello, this is your co-host, Ben Dickerson. I don't really produce anything, but I sure do love the NFL. Let's talk some football. Great, great weekend of football, Ben, at the uh, – when we get to the comments section, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how much of a bloodbath it was for, you know, contenders. <laughs> you know, really kind of threw off a lot of the bias. The bias plus reports had is probably his worst week ever. But one of my heroes also had a bad week. So uh, that made it all OK as far as I was concerned. All right. <laughs> OK. I got a top 10 I want to share with you real quick. Let's just look at the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings top 10 in each of the top categories that we track annual, excuse me, average net points, average points for average points against, and average turnover differential. Man, that Buffalo looks like a strong team, even though they, they didn't look so strong all of a sudden. You know, they're still number one in three out of the four categories. Tampa Bay is right up there and uh, uh, number three in net points, but one in scoring. Um, they do fall. Tampa Bay, I don't see them in the top ten uh, for defense. Um, interesting things happening with uh, your old player, Odell Beckham, and uh, Tampa Bay came up in the news. And then your turnover differential, they're, they're number one in that. Um, so, you know, there's your top 10. Anything interesting pop out to you? Oh, let me see anything interesting. Uh, New Orleans has fallen, as I predicted they would. Dallas is hanging steady. New England's defense is keeping them in check. Or, number five in net points, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's tough to score on them, and uh, Mac Jones is a very good uh, game manager. I expect to see Tennessee begin to rise probably at the same time that New Orleans falls, and uh, Denver defense is really waking up. Look at that. Number two. Yep. Number so they two. operated pretty well after they let uh... – <laughs> They're all pro go. What's his name? The defensive end. They let him go. He went to what? He went to the Rams. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, that really wasn't. Uh, I mean, you hate to see a guy like that go if you're a Tennessee fan, but um, Broncos. Yeah, I just. Oh, you're talking about the Broncos? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Denver. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, what's I mean, why am I having a hard time? Sentimental here? favorite, but um, I, he wasn't really making that much of a difference for them anyway. Their defense as a whole has has stumbled upon something, and we'll see if it continues. But for the last two weeks, they've been pretty good overall, especially in the secondary. So uh, losing a good pass rusher. Uh, you, you notice I didn't say the name yet because I got so many names swirling <laughs> around in my head. I can't even put my thing. I can see his face right 
I know, I know. It's absolutely. And I think it's the funny thing is based on what you just said, it's almost like it's affecting us because he hadn't been making a lot of noise. And I heard a number of people, you know, on television really hyping him being, you know, coming over to, uh, you know, to the Rams and to the Rams, right? Yes. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, man, you know, you know, we got another great rusher. He's this, he's that, you know, and all of that. And I'm like, okay, well, I haven't really seen him dominate a game in a while, you know, but we know he's smart. We know he's athletic. I don't know if he's going to be dominant, though. So that's still yet to be seen. Uh, well, he won't necessarily have to be dominant now that he's on the Rams. So that's a good thing. They can make him a situational pass rusher at this point and get the best out of him in less snaps. So it's still a good move for them. That's that'll be that's yet to be seen. That's yet to be seen. I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. And when I say dominant, I don't mean like he's going to go in and take over the game. I mean, like, with, you know, if if he's rushing, he's going to be creating problems. You know, if he's playing DN, uh, they might have him doing some other things. I don't know. Let me see here. So anyway, there you got it. That's that's your top 10. Um, and. And average net points, average points for Tampa Bay is number one in scoring. Average points against Buffalo is number one defensively. And they are also number one in average turnover differential at 1.4. So that means they're taking the ball away on an average of 1.4 uh, times more than what they give it away. And, and that's what that average turnover differential uh, dictates. So if you have a, a team that's taking the ball away, generally they're going to show up somewhere in the defense, right, Ben? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you. All right. Enough of that. So we got a great show coming up. Um, we're going to present the Pro Football Bias Plus reports. I didn't say pro football in the introduction, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what it's all about. The Bias Plus reports that we're going to be doing uh, will uh, reflect this coming weekend's spate of NFL games. And, um, man, like I said, last week was crazy. Let's get ready to take a look at what's going to come up this coming week in football. All right, Benny, so we're going to start off with the Thursday night game. Man, this looks to be a good one. Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I don't know what two is going to be doing, but Lamar is on fire. Uh, Lamar seems to be answering all the questions, the ability to pass the ball. He's showing pocket capabilities now, which is just raising his, uh, profile to a whole nother level, man. Bias plus score of 13.1 favors the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to have to go with that bias. Um, I don't know that Tua will be ready uh, for next week. Um, Jacoby Brissett uh, sat in for him. He's got a finger issue. Uh, I believe it's the same finger that Russell Wilson had, yet Russell Wilson had like four different injuries to his finger, and it looks like he's going to start this week. And Tua basically has a small fracture in the same finger and can't seem to go. Now, I understand a fracture is something that you need to set and let heal. Uh, probably isn't bad enough for it to require a pin, but uh, 
I don't think two is going to go this week. Uh, on the other hand, Baltimore looked great. Um, shoo, man, I don't know what to say. Uh, Lamar Jackson is just really, uh, once he gets going on the ground, there's nothing you can do. He's throwing the ball fairly well. In fact, he threw the ball really well last week against Minnesota. They came from behind in that one, which was something that they didn't used to be able to do very well, um, mostly on his legs, but also on his arm. He threw three touchdowns. So, you know, I got to go with Baltimore. Yeah, I kind of thought you would. No doubt about it. Kind of thought you would. Okay. All right, Benny, let's kick off the Sunday slate of games. Now, you know, Last plus score here, 12.5 favorites, the Dallas Cowboys, who will be hosting the Atlanta Falcons. But the Falcons aren't exactly dead, are they? No, they're not dead yet at all. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, Matt Ryan keeps coming up with little surprises week after week. Nothing monumental, but he seems to just be able to get the job done. He had a couple nice runs where he showed a little bit of wiggle, too. It's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, Matt Ryan, even without his number one receiver, is still carrying the load, directing the offense. Um, the big guy on that team right now that's really, really got them going is Corderell Patterson. You know, from a kick returner to a wide out to a running back to a, to a pass catching running back, this guy's doing it all. And um, he's been amazing. He's, he's actually been amazing. He had a really great game last week. Um, Dallas, on the other hand, has some issues on defense. Uh, Denver really beat them with a tremendous game plan last week. I don't know if that will be copied by other teams, but we're going to talk about some teams as we go down this list of games that are being affected by particular uh, game plans against them. This is going to be very interesting to watch, so I'll keep that in mind. But basically, Denver just held on to the doggone ball. They ran it super effectively. Bridgewater was extremely careful with the ball. I don't think he had any turnovers. And the defense really, really got after Dak. Um, sacked him twice, interception, and a fumble recovery. Stopped him on fourth down four times. And when you have to go forward on fourth down a lot, it's usually because you're trying to mount your offense and come back. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough when you get yourself in a game like that. However, I'm going to go with Dallas at home on this one. Hey, Ben. Yes. Analytics? <laughs> no fourth downs? <laughs> There's no analytics there. We've got to get back in the game. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But, man, stopping all of those fourth downs was epic, though. I had to, I had to give it to him. I had to give it to him. All right. The Saints at... Tennessee Titans, bias plus score 1.6. Favors the Saints, not a big one. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Tennessee on this one for sure. Uh, another defense that has awakened, uh, especially in lieu of losing Derrick Henry. Tannehill didn't have a great game last week, but he was efficient. Uh, he moved the ball well, but the defense really stepped up. And uh, if they continue to do that, they're going to be hard to beat. Right now, it looks like they're probably um, the hands-down favorite to win their division. So 
We'll see how far they can go in the playoffs, but I don't see anybody in the division beating them at this point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he didn't have the attendant. He didn't have to. Oh, Adrian Peterson, my man, AD. AD. Out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me just say again, to acknowledge what you said as far as Cordero Patterson was concerned, I just want to say real quick, he to me, he's so far like the surprise outside of rookies and stuff of the season. Just, a, just he's know. not a rookie, though. No, man, that's what I'm saying. Not talking. Oh, oh, outside of some of the things that some of the rookies have done. Yeah, I mean, rookies oh, are surprising because yeah. you never saw him before. This guy's been around. He's been around, but he never was a big time producer. He spent a lot of time with Chicago. And I don't want to say he didn't do anything, but he was nowhere near the producer that he is now. Nowhere oh, near. They, he's doing everything now and doing it great. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, he's doing it. Okay, I'm sorry. Saints at Titans, bias per score of 1.6 favors the Saints Ben. This is one of potentially my intriguing games of the week. Uh, you're talking about a, a net uh, point ranking for New Orleans of seven and a net point ranking for Tennessee of eight. So they're pretty I much. see that. I do, but I don't think this game is going to be intriguing at all. Really? Really. And, and the problem for New Orleans is their quarterback situation, okay? I realize in the Atlanta game they did score 25 points, but there's still some decisions to be made as far as what they're going to do at quarterback, okay? Jameis goes down. They come back with Trevor Simeon. Tre Simeon has a good game. They start him again. He doesn't do well. Taysom Hill probably would have started, but he had a concussion. He did play last week, but he didn't play many snaps. I think he played two snaps at quarterback, and then he was lined up tight end or whatever. Um, they got a lot of decisions to make this week as far as who's going to play in this game at quarterback. And again, it's the rest of the team that's killing them. Um, I looked at that game. Wide receivers are dropping passes. They have no main wide receivers at this point anyway. These guys are dropping the ball. Their offensive line jumped off sides and had so many penalties. It was ridiculous. If you can't support your backup quarterback, who's now going to be a starter, regardless of which guy it is, how far do you think you can go? You know what I mean? And Tennessee is no slouch on offense. So, New Orleans defense is going to have their hands full. Matt Ryan just did it to him. I think Tannehill's going to do it to him, too. All right, Benny. So, New Orleans Saints at Tennessee Titans, that little teeny bias of 1.6 favors the Saints. Who are you going with? The Titans. Going with the Titans in this one, eh? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Yeah, quarterback question versus uh, – the loss of Derrick Henry, which they seem to be able to survive. So that makes sense to me. All right, let's see. Jacksonville Jaguars tasting success, tasting blood, going to visit the Indianapolis Colts with a bias plus score of 15.4, favoring the Colts. Won't do them any good. <laughs> Won't do them? Them who? Won't do them any good, Colts. All the way in this one. First of all, they're home. Second of all, last week they played the Jets, who are just about as bad, if not worse, than the Jaguars. 
They put up 532 total yards on them boys. Carson Wentz threw for three touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor ran all over them, caught two passes, 200 yards total. Naeem Hines even got off. Jonathan Taylor is a phenom. <laughs> right. But then when you come back, here's another thunder and lightning. You thunder them with Jonathan Taylor, then you come back with the lightning, Naeem Hines. 10 touches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. 108 on 10 touches? Yes, sir. He had one really big run. And uh yeah, they 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 yeah, they got weapons. And I told people two or three weeks ago, if you don't have Michael Pittman on your fantasy team, it's probably far too late to get him. This kid's dynamic, great wide receiver. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm not in the, the fantasy, but I will definitely keep an eye out for Michael Pittman. Okay. <sighs> again, again, I do believe, yes, this is one of my intriguing game potentials. Cleveland Browns at New England Patriots. Bias plus score of 3.8 favors New England. <laughs> Uh, well, how, how much is that bias? I'm sorry. 3.8. 3.8. That's pretty close. Um, wow. So first thing comes to my head over in Cleveland is, uh, Nick Chubb is out for, uh, COVID protocols. Who ain't out in that room, man. Right. Everybody so, one guy, the Ernest. Right. So, but the Ernest has already proven himself to be up for the task. Sure so did. I expect Yearness to have himself a good game. The only problem is it's the Patriots defense, and they are solid. So this will not be an easy game. If by some strange twist of fate, New England is able to get a lead or hold this game down to a low score, the Browns may be in trouble. Now, you may say, well, if they get out to a lead, but it's not a big lead, or the score is close and low scoring, the Browns can continue to run the ball. Yes, this is true. But they still got Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And if he turns the ball over, it's a done deal. So I am going to go with the Patriots in this game. I believe that they will keep this game slow and boring, and they will run the ball also. And this could be a nice, low-scoring slugfest. I believe New England has the better defense, so I'm going with the Patriots. The um, Patriots was it? Who was that? The uh, uh, the uh, Sam Darnold that they played last week was it? Yeah, and we were saying it was going to be interesting because we knew that Belichick had a long history <laughs> playing against. Sam Darnold. It was somebody that Sam Darnold probably, probably didn't want to see. You know, it, it was the Patriots. Um, yeah, Belichick's undefeated against Sam Darnold still. Uh, he simply disguises his coverages, and Darnold throws the ball to Patriots players. He threw <laughs> three in the game last week. One was returned for a pick six. So Belichick's definitely got Darnold's number and simply proves that the guy just can't read coverages yet. As good as he can be sometimes, and as good as he has looked like early in the season, you throw him some wrinkles and he falls apart. 
Interesting. Now, you called Mac Jones a good game manager. You didn't call yes. him a quarterback. Well, he's a quarterback and he manages the game well. How's that? Okay. All right. I didn't know if you were, I didn't know if you had some serious reservations about him, like maybe thinking he really has some limitations. I, I'm interested to see just, you know, what his real range is, understanding that. To me, most of his limitations are because are he's working within the system. And that's that's how it's supposed to go. But And that he's a rookie. And that he's a rookie, yeah. But this will be interesting to see how he plays against the Cleveland Browns. You know, they got they got a serious rush coming uh, from both sides. So that's going to be an interesting game. One of my potential uh, intriguing games of the week. All right, we talked about the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're going to be hosting the Bills with that big, fat, bias plus score of 30.9, favoring the Bills. Now, after last week, big biases still have a bit of a scariness to them. <laughs> what do you think? Uh... Uh, big biases aside, the Jets don't scare me at all. Yeah, the Jags won a game. Yeah, the Jets beat somebody. Everything comes back to normal next week. Buffalo blows them out. This this one's not even going to be a contest. Uh, in fact, <laughs> well, let me put point this out now because I said something earlier that I was going to point out about teams getting blueprints on certain high-flying offenses. So teams have figured out how to slow down the Chiefs. Number one, you got to get after Mahomes. At this point, all that nimbleness and off-platform throw stuff, those words have now been changed to skittishness in the pocket, getting out of the pocket too early, not getting to second and third reads, okay? And what's happening is teams are starting to play him with a cover two. So they go cover two. I mentioned this last week in reference to the Chiefs. You go cover two, you keep Tyreek from Tyreek Hill from catching bombs on you. You let Kelsey catch the ball and you tackle him. And if they don't have a run game to keep things even, which the Chiefs basically don't, they're going to be in trouble. Well, the same thing kind of happened to Buffalo last week. Jacksonville came out in a cover two. He couldn't find – Josh Allen couldn't find Diggs deep, couldn't find Emmanuel Sanders deep. He lived off of Beasley all day. Then Zach Moss is starting running back, got a concussion. Singletary came in. He did okay. But without being able to hit their normal stuff, they couldn't find the end zone. Jacksonville kicks three field goals and beats them. So some adjustments are going to have to be made. The Chiefs haven't made them yet. I expect Buffalo to come out and look completely different next week and, and crush the Jets. Going with the bias, Buffalo Bills. The Ipper Bills. Detroit Lions at Pittsburgh Steelers. Bias plus score 13.3 favors the Steelers. I remind people uh, the bias – is the utilization of the net point differential and the turnover differential to calculate that score. All right, who you got? Uh, I have to go with the Steelers on this. Uh, they'll be home again. So uh, 
The only thing that could be better for them playing against the Lions and being at home would be if they got the same referee crew that they had. <laughs> you're, going, you're going there, are you? <laughs> it was egregious, bro. It was egregious. Did you see the taunting call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you see that ref bump the player? Yeah, I saw it. And then when, then when he was asked about it, the ref was asked about it, and he said, I didn't bump him. Come on, man. Come on, man. They were killing Justin Fields. He got crushed a couple times. No roughing the passer penalties. D lineman for the Steelers, clearly offsides. No call. The, the guy even slowed down because he knew he was offsides. Ref never blew the whistle, so they kept going. Crazy. Crazy. The ref the guy bumped in the fields, fields falls, sprawls out on the ground, and they call him for roughing. And it's like he barely touched him, you know. So no, he killed him. Are you kidding me? Who fields? Killed fields? He destroyed fields. No, I saw one time he, he the guy pulled up and fields fell down, man, and they were like throwing flags. Okay, that, that doesn't make up for him getting his body blown up and the ref not even looking. And it's a shame. Well, it's a shame because that was probably Fields' best game of the season. He threw for 291. He scored a touchdown. They turned him loose on the ground again. The dummy head coach finally realized he can run. He got 45 yards on eight carries. He got splattered. That was his coming out party, actually. Yeah, well, he got splattered more than once with no calls. With no calls. It, it, it was okay. egregious. I mean and they only lost by two. That was the thing. There's a meme, and I don't know if I put it on our page. We'll see real quick. But it's like three shades of Ben's face. It's like Ben's face in the beginning when they were winning, and then Ben's face, like when he looked up and they were losing. <laughs> and it was like, uh-oh, where'd this come from? So in any event, bias plus score 13.3, favorites Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going with the Steelers, am I correct? I'm going with the Steelers, but i tell you this. If the Lions can just do something on defense, Ben's arm is shot, bro. He can't throw a ball more than 20 yards without it fluttering through the air like a duck. They, they got to get on him. They got to tighten up underneath. And don't leave, I'm not saying leave him long balls to throw, but uh, I mean, to me, to me, this screams Lions load the box, blitz, play man to man. Now, I don't know if they have the personnel to do it, but that's what I would do. Part of the Lions problem early on, you know, I know one of their top D-backs went down even in the nine, as far back as the Niners game. They, they've had some devastating injuries on there and they're secondary. Um, so you, that question that you have is legit in terms of, I don't know who they have back there now. Um, and, and you know, I, it's funny. I've heard, you know, different opinions on um, Roethlisberg's arm. Um, and, and I, I kind of understand what people are saying, but I think he's still got enough arm to, to, to spread the field around a little bit. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. In any event, you're going with the Steelers? 
Yes, sir. Next up, TB, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers at the Washington football team. Your used-to-be vaunted Washington football team defense, however, bias plus score of 19.5 favors the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben, your boy OBJ, they asked, they asked um, Arian uh, <laughs> about OBJ. <laughs> you hear what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Too many letters. Too many letters. <laughs> I already got an AB. What do I need with an OBJ? I don't need an OBJ and an AB. Too many letters. Now, that's that's actually coded language. It was very clever of him. Okay. But basically what he was saying is, I already got one character and I got him on a leash. I don't have another leash for another <laughs> character. Yeah, this isn't somebody that's necessarily under Tom Brady's uh, control. You know what I mean? Right. And, and now this is the other thing. And it's very interesting because I listened to all of the, I watched a lot of the media talk about OBJ. And I, I love the term, he cleared waivers. You know, and it's like if you really don't don't know what waivers is about, then then you might have missed the point that that all the teams had an option to claim him, but they would have had to have picked up his seven million dollars salary. Right. So no team did. That means no team valued him at seven million or above. You now become right. a free agent, and now it's going to be interesting. The um, who was it? Somebody's already offered him the minimum salary so is it a contender huh is it a contending team oh my god it's a shame that i'm i'm having a hard time thinking about who that that team is it but it will come to me but yeah he's been offered a salary it kind of reminds me of cam newton where you have like a great player but somehow their whole marketing thing now is just out of whack and they're at the mercy of the you know of the of the marketplace now and they're being turned definitely into a commodity so it's going to be interesting obviously nobody wants wanted to pay him seven million so he's going to get something less than that uh, being offered so it'll be interesting to see how that works it it was the packers it was the packers right okay. packers thank you thank you thank you thank you Tampa but he did, he did say he wanted to go to a contender with a good quarterback uh, so there you have it. If he turns that down and shops himself anymore, he might find himself out of football for a minute. I'd, I'd jump on that, take that minimum if I was him. All right. And he, and he, could, and he could probably help him. Hey, I, I still a, you know, way above average receiver, I'm thinking. Okay, we shall see. Denver Bay Buccaneers at Washington, you going with? The Bucks. Bucks. Going with the bias. All righty, righty. Here we go. Next up. Uh, Carolina Panthers at Arizona Cardinals. Bias plus score 16.4 favors the Arizona Cardinals. So here you got yeah. the second ranked net point team playing. The 22nd ranked net point team. Ergo favors the Cardinals. There you go. <laughs> Run with it. 
Okay, Cardinals are home. Darnold uh, is out. Darnold is out. Oh, oh, Darnold's been benched or he's out? He's got a broken scapula. Okay, he's done. Um, that doesn't help them any, though. Oh, that's why they signed uh, – Yeah. They signed a quarterback off of somebody's practice squad, a veteran backup guy. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he'll probably end up starting because um, they're, they're not going to go with P.J. Uh, yeah, P.J.'s not the answer. Yeah, P.J. is nowhere near close to the answer. Uh, but it won't matter because Kyler Murray may be back. And even if he isn't, Colt McCoy proved that he can handle the reins, especially, especially if they continue to run the ball the way that they have. The number one back. Uh, Edmonds was actually out and old James Conner that used to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers and hasn't had much yardage to speak of during the season, but continued to score touchdowns week after week, finally got his hands on the number one spot and he ran with it. He did great last week. Uh, so my nine is a new one, didn't he? Yeah, you guys are in trouble, too. I can't wait till we get to your team, man. Oh, man. Look. You guys is hurting, bro. Tell me about it. Tell me your about it. Your voice is hurting bad. And the uh, funny thing about James Conner, back to him real quick, is we were calling him the power back, like you said. Didn't have a lot of yardage, but they was giving that ball to him down at the goal line, and he was getting in. Now, all of a sudden, he gets to play on my team, and he's running like uh, – <laughs> Gail Sayers all of a sudden running through my Niners. <laughs> 21 rushes, 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, five catches, mm. 77 yards, and another touchdown. Oh my goodness. Three touchdowns. What 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 <laughs> your D is, I'm not even gonna say they're crumbling, bro. They are crumbled. Hey, hey, I, I look. I know what you. I know what we're dealing with there. You know. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Cardinals in an easy one over the Panthers, no problem. Alrighty, alrighty. Next up, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, no, I don't have that one as my. <laughs> Actually, you didn't that, make that one an intriguing game. Uh, no, I did, and consider. That is probably one of the smallest bias plus scores of the weekend. I should have. It's probably because I've already featured Herbert in two uh, intriguing games of the week um, um, blogs that I wrote. And, uh, you know, so I, I kind of just shied away from that. Minnesota is one of those teams that's putting up points, man. I mean, Minnesota is what? Uh, 17th in scoring, so they're putting up an average of 24.2 points per game. Bottom line is, as you are, you and I was saying earlier, as far as I'm saying, 28 points is the magic number. If you, you know, if your team's putting up 28 points, uh, they're going to win most of the time. And if they do a little bit more than that, uh, they're, they're hitting it up. But I think this should be a good game. Yeah, I think this is one is worthy of intriguing game uh, nomination. I would say that uh, this one could end up being a high-scoring game, a lot of offense, not a whole lot of defense, although um, the Chargers' pass defense is actually pretty good, but their run defense is actually pretty bad. 
and when I predicted the um, this game when they played Philadelphia last week, uh, I said it will remain to be seen if the Eagles can put together a run game like they did against the Lions, against the run-weak team like the Chargers, and they were not able to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get to them later. In the meantime, uh, Justin Herbert, whether his defense is getting run on or not, if he comes out efficient like he did against the Eagles, he's going to be hard to beat. 32 or 38, 356, two touchdowns, and he ran one in. That's 84% passing, bro. 84%. Kirk Cousins might find himself coming from behind again. Which, well, again... You know let me chime in real quick and say I double check my list and there is a check beside this game. So this is on the list. Ah, there you go. Okay, well that's on good. The list. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, Kirk, I mean, Kirk did most of what he needed to do, but he still had a few Kirk Cousins moments. Yeah. I, I, I see two more games. I see two more games on the list that are possible contenders, but I kind of like this one. Um Again, oh, how could I forget? Dalvin Cook is the main danger to the Chargers defense. Weak run defense against a guy who can, who can churn out 100 yards on you in a touchdown or two almost every time. But he's got his own problems. I think we'll talk about those later. Anyway, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. Going with the bias. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Now. The next one is actually, to me, is a bit intriguing, but the Eagles were featured last week in the intriguing game. Now they have to play the Broncos. Broncos are coming in defensively, you know? Like, what, what do we say? And, and, the, and the Broncos defensively are number two. They're only giving up 17 points a game. You know, the Eagles defensively are 20 if given up 24. That's a full one touchdown more than what the Broncos are giving up. So can the Broncos stay that strong? Um, and Philadelphia, it has to go to the Mile High Stadium and try to get something done in that thin air. That may not be a good thing for those guys. And I'll tell you this. We just talked about the Philadelphia Chargers game last week. Um, I would venture to guess, and as our, uh, as your list prove, uh, Denver's defense is playing better overall than the Chargers defense is. They are not a team that it can easily be run on, um, and they will bring pressure. Uh, I'll make a note, or I made a note that Jalen Hurts completed four passes in the first half of the game against the Chargers. Four completions in an entire half of football. And they still didn't run the ball efficiently. So as far as I'm concerned, this game is an easy one for the Denver Broncos. I don't think the Eagles, all I've been hearing about for the last couple of weeks is how weak the schedule is going through to the end of the season. And all of a sudden it seems to be getting stronger and stronger against them every week. I don't see them going into Denver and winning that game at all. All right. 
Denver is definitely uh, getting their thing together, man. And, you know, they, they um, are 3.8 average uh, net points so far for the season, but in the last three games, plus six in net points. So, you know, they're, they're moving in the right direction. Teddy's managing the game. Teddy heard me say his arm looks soft. So he, he started throwing the darts a little bit last week. So we'll see how that all works. Bro, they they put something on. I'll tell you this. To, to me, the main indictment on the Broncos was the coaching and the game plans and their approach to each game. But they came against Dallas perfectly, perfectly. Punched them in the mouth with their running game. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams played great. Carried the ball 38 times between them for 191 yards. That's 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 better than if Derrick Henry got to him <laughs> between the two guys. Right. Teddy Two Gloves was efficient. Uh, I, I I don't. It, they basically stopped Dallas in their tracks. I don't see the Eagles being able to do anything with that defense. Nothing. Yeah. That that. Again, that was one of those things that you look up and you go, wait, this wasn't supposed to happen. What's going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll talk a little bit about that whole uh, conundrum of craziness that happened last weekend in terms of the contenders getting smacked around like that. All right. Now, the magic man, what do they call uh, Russell Wilson now? Uh, Mr. Something, Mr. Fantabulous. Or... <laughs> I don't know. I call him Danger Russ. Danger Russ, that's one of the things he's coming back with. They're saying it's almost miraculous how, how he has um, healed and how he's ready oh, to yeah. play. Without a doubt. He had, he had a fracture. He had ligament damage. He had dislocation. That finger was jacked up, man. He, what he has, for real... It's some serious healing power. So, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, if he's actually able to play, which I believe that he will, they said he had a limited practice, but the limited snaps that he took in practice, uh, and I don't know if they had him take any snaps from under center because, you know, when the center snaps the ball back like that and you're under center, that could possibly hurt your finger. But if they had him in the pistol or the shotgun, He's able to throw the ball. He can grip the ball. He can throw the ball. He made all the throws in practice, and then they pulled him out of there. So he proved that he's on the mend. Um, if he does that again, that was yesterday. So if he does that again today, and oh, I'm sorry, that was today. Today is Wednesday. If he does that again on Thursday and Friday, I say he starts that game. <coughs> he's, hitting now, locking, he's hitting locking deep already. Yeah, they said he made all the throws. Wow. Wow. They just didn't keep him out there for the full practice. He went out. He did his thing. They saw enough. And they said, all right, go sit down. So, <laughs> you know, they do that again for the next couple of days. He's going to start. And if he starts and they're coming off the bye and they play Green Bay, again, I'm going to assume that Aaron Rodgers will be back. I believe he'll pass through the COVID protocols. And if he does, then we're going to have ourselves a good game. 
Hey, is, is it a bad thing if I call him Aaron Liar Liar Pants on Fire Rogers from now on? And rest well, of that's time? kind of a long name, but nah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't bother me. Well, the bias is favoring Green Bay Packers um, with Aaron with uh, Aaron coming back and. They're, they're checking them now for understand because you know sometimes this COVID thing hits you, and you ain't quite right <laughs> for a little while. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, and, I don't know. Did he have symptoms? Yeah, yeah. From my understanding, oh, yeah. he had some mild symptoms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the symptoms came after the test. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't think he came in with symptoms, and you know, I think he was asymptomatic at test time. Okay. Um, but Seattle's got to get that run game going. And in both cases, this turned out to be a, a, an intriguing game, a possibility. I'm looking at the Seattle ranked 19th in scoring. Green Bay's defense is ranked six. And that's probably one of the bigger scenarios. Green Bay's uh, offense is ranked 20th. And Seattle's defense is ranked ninth. So the defenses look like they have the uh, the upper hand in this particular game. Could be a defensive battle, but point eight, that's less than one. So that's that's almost a tie. Who you got in this one? Yeah, this this is a tough one for me. Uh, I really would actually like to see the Seahawks win. I would like to see Russ come back from a pretty serious injury and uh, and rally the troops. But uh, that's my heart. My head says the Packers will win this game uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because they're a better team, <laughs> which doesn't mean that much because obviously during the course of this season already, we've seen the better team not only not win, but get kind of handled. Um, but number two, usually when diversity, diversity, <laughs> when, when adversity hits Aaron Rodgers, he usually hits back really hard. So I expect, uh, I expect the Packers to win this game and I expect Aaron to play really well. Devontae's back. Everything's pretty much in order. They should handle the Seahawks. All right. Going with the bias, Mr. Dickerson. I don't know, man. Going with the bias off a lot here. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I only I only pick upsets when I really feel them. Well, that wrapped up the early evening slate of games. We're now going to get to the Sunday night game. I love these featured games. You know, when we do these uh, Bias Plus reports, I definitely want to put these out as individual uh, clips uh, because everyone gets a chance to focus, and that's one of the great things about it. Let's look at the Kansas City Chiefs going into Las Vegas with the Raiders. Man, you know, I feel so, so, so far so sorry for the Raiders for everything they've had to go through. Um, 2.8. Bias plus score does favor the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, I'll tell you what, i tell you what, i tell you what. And this is an intriguing candidate. This is an intriguing candidate as it should be. Uh, I don't think 
the Chiefs are going to be able to cure what ails them just yet. Now, the Raiders lost to my New York Giants last week, but it's mainly because Derek Carr threw two really bad interceptions and one was returned for a pick six. So, you know, you throw a pick six against a team that comes in like the Giants with a, with a solid game plan, ran the ball heavy, um, threw the ball underneath, ball control, time of possession control, uh, got the touchdowns necessary, and then clamped down on defense. So if you go back and you look at the Raiders' stats, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, all their main guys actually played well. They just couldn't find the end zone. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen when they play the Chiefs, especially at home with the crowd behind them, and they're going to be hungry for a win. I'm going to take the Raiders to win this game. Well, the last three games, the Raiders are plus 4.7 in uh, average net points. So they've, you know, even with that loss, um, they're looking decent. And I know you you just really are not feeling the Chiefs this year, are you? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Go, going with the bias, 2.8. That is the Sunday night football NFL primetime matchup right there. So we'll all get a chance to watch Patrick Mahomes' feet. <laughs> mm. That's what he said. Let's look at his feet now. Let's see if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing with his feet. And he hasn't go. been. He hasn't been. And the Raiders' pass rush can get kind of nasty, especially if they can get a couple scores up. Those guys really come hard. They 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 get after you. All right, Ben. That leaves Monday Night Football, another featured primetime matchup between my beloved San Francisco 49ers who will be hosting the L.A. Rams. Talk about egregious passes. I mean, Stafford, the, the throw, he threw the one pass. He looked like Car uh, Carson Wentz from his own end zone for getting wrapped up and tossing passes and stuff. It's amazing. I saw that I don't know how many times. However, bias plus score of 11 favors the LA Rams. As it logically should, we're, we're not looking real strong. However, I am really happy about Mitchell. I told you, he's definitely in the family, no doubt about it. And I did <laughs> play, I did play this game. I did play this game and I won this game. It was close because I had two or three Kirk Cousins moments myself. <laughs> and I'm throwing things and I'm like, uh-uh. But if you stick to the soul of what the San Francisco 49ers are about, it's about running that ball. And that's one of the things they have been able to do with the Rams. So they could potentially, you know, make it, make it interesting you know, I don't do intriguing games for my own team. Rams are favorite. Who you got? Well, I know you're not going to pick this one for your intriguing game because it's your team. But I don't think it's going to be anything intriguing about this. That <laughs> loss that loss that the Rams took last week to the Titans had to sting. 
And it was Matt Stafford's first, I don't even really want to say bad game. I mean, he threw for 294 yards. Uh, but again, turnovers will get you. He threw two picks and one was a pick six. Those hurt really bad. And after that, Tennessee got up and started sending the defense after him. They're swarming. They sacked him five times. I don't think Stafford's been sacked more than three times in any game this season. I'd have to go back and check. But I don't think that has happened. So he's got to be hurting from that. The whole team's got to be feeling that. And they're going to come back with a vengeance. And they're going to turn all those offensive weapons on against your depleted defense. And this could get ugly. <laughs> this could get ugly. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. All right. Well, coming into Levi, Levi Stadiums, let's go, babies. Let's go. Let's do what you do. All right. I'm rooting for you. Okay, Benny. So as as usual, at the end of our Bias Plus reports, we look back on the previous week to see who the team was that was the underdog, was not favored, but yet still actually won. And between the unfavorable bias plus score and whatever their net win was, that total is the bias plus buster score that goes out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars who had an unfavorable bias plus score, 32 going against them. It looked bad. It looked like it, they shouldn't even show up but they won by three for a bias plus buster score of 35. So congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars bias plus busters of the week. Yeah. Congratulations. Definitely is in order for Jacksonville. I don't know how much cover two they've played over the course of the season, but that coaching staff put their heads together and said, you know what? We're not going to let Josh Allen beat us deep. And we're going to just hang on and, and see what happens. And because Buffalo couldn't muster up enough of a running game uh, to supplement what they were doing uh, underneath the cover too, they had trouble finding the end zone. And when you do that, even a team that has trouble finding the end zone every single week can kick three field goals and beat you. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of those games last week. And I wonder, and we'll talk about this in the next section, which is we'll just do our comments and then we're pretty much done. Uh, again, for everyone who's with us, this is Ben and Barry on football. We've just finished presenting the Bias Plus um, Pro Football Bias Plus reports for this coming week of football. And, um, you know, last week uh, was absolutely bananas, Ben. So I'm going to try to share our page real quick if I can find it. Ah, there it is. Okay, here we go. So last week was so crazy. I want to jump to this right here. You know, one of, one of my heroes here, is Cynthia Freeland, right? Running 30,000 simulations, you know, in order to come up with her picks. 
And she said, it's been a rough weekend for game predictions. <laughs> so, but you got to stay true to the process. And so that's what we're doing at Ben and Barry on football at the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Report. We're going to stay true to the process. Although I was below 50% last week, we were somewhere down in the 40s. I yeah, I was too. I, I was too. You also, I, yeah, I, but un, unlike the week, unlike the other week when uh, I was, I think I was right at fifty percent, and I said that I was embarrassed. I'm not going to say that I'm embarrassed this time. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, it was. I, there were a couple of wins that I didn't even consider the games to be close and 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 I was completely wrong um about who I was picking and th these were schematic wins they were schematic wins and in the case of the uh Broncos Cowboys game perfect game plan and the perfect uh field position time of possession game Denver killed Dallas in time of possession in that game. I have the notes somewhere. I could give you the, the numbers of minutes that they possessed the ball, but it was far and away over the time that Dallas actually possessed the ball. So, again, even when you don't score, you punt, then you hold, then they punt. Then you, you see what I'm saying? And you, you, you go from here to here. To here, each possession starts to add up. And then when you run the ball effectively and score at the end, be it a touchdown or a field goal, you're going to rule the time of possession. So you're going to use field position to help you rule time of possession. And as long as you can cash it in with points on the board, you have a real good chance of winning that game. Unless your defense is just out there, you know, waving by as the guys go by him, which obviously Denver did not. That that was a classic, well-coached, well-schemed-up game. So I, I can't be mad. I, I'm pretty sure I picked Dallas. I can't be mad at that one. No, and, and you know, um, we talk, I talked to you about turnovers and what, you know, how to kind of value them relative to, you know, the amount of yardage. I had like 400 yards in production. But I had like three turnovers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wound up winning by three, but because of what you were saying, field position. Well, field position generally wasn't in my favor. The kicking game was killing me. It was pinning me down deep. But running the ball, like you said, time of possession, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Keeping it out of their hands and then ending up with something, a field goal or a touchdown. So something, right. you know what I mean? Uh, some coach once said, as long as that, he said, as long as we end with a kick, that's, that's all I would we should be ending. Yeah, one, for three or for one, you know you're in good shape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. All right. Um, next up, Benny, let's take a quick look. Ben, I shared this. I already said that I probably will be calling him Aaron Liar Liar Pants on Fire Rogers uh, for the rest of the season. But the reason I shared this is this was this was shared by NFL UK. 
So sometimes you don't think, you know, your your actions, you know, I don't know if, how far he thinks this stuff will go, but the the, the NFL is on a mission to become international. So your words now have international um, reach. And NFL UK, maybe he could get some tips from Cole Beasley on how to handle his unpopular decision with a spy. Liar, liar. <laughs> you know? I, I agree. I agree. Talking about uh, anyone who felt misled. <laughs> Come on, man. You're still not being truthful. You're still not standing up. So it, it is interesting, though, um, that he was looking at the, this character situation, but he is still a magnificent football quarterback. He's still a magnificent quarterback. And, you know, I was, I, I actually tweeted to the NFL, I wanted to know what the penalties were for falsely representing your vaccination status and for um you know uh, uh acting out of protocol so we saw that the the, the packers i think got a three hundred thousand dollar fine they him and lazard got like fourteen fifteen thousand dollars sixteen thousand something like that which is a drop in the bucket you know i'm thinking he should have been suspended um but you know that's that doesn't look like it's going to happen all right. I don't, I don't. <laughs> so his statement was, I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading. So at the time that he made the comments, I think there were some people who might have felt that they were misleading. Like, that's funny. Why did he say immunized instead of vaccinated? It actually got by me. I think he just wanted to be like, you know, people are always saying Aaron Rodgers is always trying to be the smartest guy in the room. I thought he just wanted to mix and throw some words around and he, he was just being Aaron Rodgers. Now that it turns out that he in fact was definitely being misleading, you're right. I, I think that penalty is kind of small, especially for something that they're supposed to be taking really seriously. Um, that's that's kind of crazy. And and he feels bad now, probably because he's been getting beat up on Twitter and, you know, his his uh, oh funny story. I heard about his girlfriend. I think his girlfriend says something to him, too. She backs him all the time. Uh -huh. But I think she might have said to him, you know, you were kind of, you know, so he comes out with a statement like this. Here's a funny story. So supposedly he was supposed to be home quarantining, which it turns out he actually was. Did you hear this story? This somebody the person they thought was him. Yes, yeah, somebody saw somebody thought was him, reported that it was him, and had pictures of him. And to make a long story short, his girlfriend said, "There's no way that was him. First of all, the guy's feet were too small. Aaron Rodgers has." the most hair on his hands and arms in the freaking world. And he would never be caught dead driving a car like that. So <laughs> okay. I don't even know what kind of car it was. All I'm saying is she's like, I know my man. He got really big feet. He got really hairy hands and arms and he would not drive a car like that. <laughs> so 
Yeah, he's home. <laughs> he's not in California. <laughs> well, um, I said that tweet in the context of having read a few articles that in corporate America, apparently employees were turning in fraudulent vaccination cards, fake vaccination cards. And when they were being found out, they were being fired, mm. okay? not suspended, not, you know, any of that kind of stuff. They were being dropped, bam, you know what I mean? So I just thought it's, it's interesting with that as a, a backdrop to see what kind of penalty he's going to get here. Um, and there, there is some pushback on this penalty um, from uh, other NFL owners. Oh, my goodness. They're saying, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, this is what penalty, what, what, which penalty book are you using? Because this ain't the penalty book you were using on us. So oh. keep it, just keep your ear to the to the ground. The thing ain't over yet. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Ah, oh, yes. Any last words, Mr. Dickerson? I just have the thanks for following. Please leave comments and suggestions. Hashtag football is life. That is our, our saying. And um, I'm trying to think, was there any last thing I wanted to mention? But I'll give you a chance. To, did you have any other uh, um, things that you wanted to share or talk about? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how relevant this is to anything. But uh, Dalvin Cook might be getting himself into a little bit of hot water here. I saw a report by Adam Schefter um, in reference to him kind of being held hostage in his own home by some woman um, who's in the military. Uh, and he and a, another woman were held at gunpoint or something and tortured, not tortured, but made to stay in the home and were abused in some sort of way. And the first thing I thought was, okay, old girlfriend, mad, catches him at home with new girlfriend and freaks out. Turns out he may have done the same thing to her at some point previous. And they put out that um, blurb about her doing something to him and Adam Schefter reported it. And he think it's because Dalvin Cook and his people were trying to get out ahead of the original story. So now the whole thing's starting to come out now. That's going to be interesting to see. Wow. We'll see what happens. Drama across the NFL. This was yeah. the last thing I wanted to mention real quick. XFL hit the news. You know, some, some leagues just don't die. <laughs> they keep coming back. But apparently they've gone on a hiring spree, hiring a former Buffalo Bills CEO, Russ Brandon, and a number of other NFL executives um, who was it that I read is big is on this? The Rock or somebody is big behind this? Uh, yeah, I think The Rock and I think um, Vince McMahon. They have money. These people have money. As long as they have money and they're determined to do this, they're going to keep at it until they get it right. So that's this is the next step. They're going to throw some money around and get more NFL people or ex-NFL people 
into you know their their group to try to make this an actually a, a valid league so i mean that's a good thing i can't watch too much football you know it's impossible <laughs> so that's fine with me but i want to see a good product you know i don't want it to be a minor league although you know if they get it off the ground again and it really gets going you're going to see some guys that really shine and get a chance to jump over into the nfl which i think is great usually what happens is you see some older guys that are coming to the end of their NFL careers and they squeeze out a couple more years in a league like this. Um, but either way, obviously, you know, they're going to keep pushing till they get it right. So they're on the right track. Remember when I was, when I was talking about the potential of having a, a game after the Super Bowl that was a big money matchup and, you know, as opposed to the, the Pro Bowl, which is, you know, a waste of everybody's time, you know. Um, and I'm thinking as we move more toward this whole international thing, that there at some point could be, then the XFL would be someone who would put something like that together where you'd have big money on one game and it would be enough big money to bring in some serious players and it could be pulling them in internationally you know because they're growing now they're, they're starting to feel themselves so it'll yeah be but uh it's it's gonna be a long time before we see that <laughs> you you're talking about a real all-star game with nfl all-stars against whoever but whoever wants to put up and, and who wants to go for that one so let's say for example you have an obj and all he's getting offered is the, the league minimum. And all of a sudden, there's one game, and he can make $10 million. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? One big game. that that, And you're bringing in top NFL, top football talent. It might be some people coming. You might have a mix of people. But top football talent from where? Internationally and XFL? At, from anywhere football players can come from. You, you you got guys Again? now. They're on a, they're, they're, they might be on the practice. You got interesting the practice squads now. You start looking across practice squads. Teams when they're bringing in ex serious ex players, they stick them right on the practice squad till they're ready to bring them up. You know what I mean? So you got guys on the practice squad who can play, and right now they just on the pack practice squad. So I'm just saying. You know, everybody's got their price. That's what uh, I've, I've, I've heard. And if you make the price nice enough, <laughs> you might have some people that want to come play in this particular big game. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm confused. Both teams are going to be a mix of players. So somebody's going to put together one team out of NFL, XFL, CFL, international, and somebody else is going to put together a team of NFL, XFL. You talk about something like that, two all-star teams of worldwide all-stars? That's possible. I don't have it all thought out. I'm just saying. Well, that's the only way it would be worthwhile to the, me. The, I'm just saying. The, the Pro Bowl is such a waste. 
that, you know, if you want to see one last serious slobber knocker football game, you would have to put up some serious money to have guys interested in playing that game and bringing in the top people that they could find for that game. So, again, it could be under the auspices of the XFL where they put together some type of international bowl or it could be all the different leagues. I don't know. It's, you know, I don't I'm see, just I don't see it. That I'm saying that one big game could happen. I don't, I don't see NFL players getting involved in anything like that. Nope. I don't think the owners would let them. I don't think the NFL PA would, would allow that. Again, but, you have a free agent like Beckham. Can't nobody tell him what to do? Who cares? Well, I'm just saying. You're saying. Who care about Odell Beckham? If he's a he's free agent, somebody's paying him and somebody else offers him an opportunity like that. Then it feels for like one game. For one game. One game. Big money. I'm talking big money. You gonna watch it? Yeah. I'm not watching that. Okay. All right. I'm not watching that. Uh, that hopefully the college guys will be still on. <laughs> I'm not watching that. There's no intrigue in watching Odell Beckham and a bunch of Spanish guys and 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 French guys. I'm not watching that. Come on, man. Pierre know how to play football. I didn't say he didn't. There you go. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather watch the Grey Cup than watch that. But you know Great. something? I'm telling you. That was exciting as hell. Think about the international impact of players within the NFL right now, from Cameroon and Nigeria and all these yeah, places that you just don't think about as great football places, but they've got some serious high-level athletes coming out of places like that. And that's why they're in the NFL. Well, they're not all in the NFL. Yeah, they are. No, they're not all. The (laughs) NFL only got so many spots. It's limited. Oh, that's what they call, Russell, Mr. Unlimited. (laughs) That's what they were calling him. I knew there was another name. I couldn't remember what it was for him. All right, that's enough, Ben. What do you got? I'm done, man. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.